0: Okay, everybody, we uh, concluded yesterday, we were talking about the question, Ula Barav asked Rava, what's the proper conduct on Rosh Chodesh when we read from the Torah? We know that we have 15 sukkim in different parashiyot, and we know we have these rules about not reading fewer than three sukkim per aliyah, and we're going to see also today's Zamban about you're not going to leave, we don't want to leave, um, you know, don't want to start a, a, a section fewer than three psukim from the beginning, and not to end a section, fewer than three psukim from the end. So how are we supposed to deal, especially the first section, when it's five psukim? And it seems like we have to get two aliyahs out of it, so how are we going to do that? So uh, we presented the problem yesterday. So the gemara now tells us, uh, on the third line, Amar Lo, so, uh, so Rafa responded as follows. He says, I didn't hear this question. I mean, the question you asked me is a good one, but But I heard a question, a very similar question. It's not, as we learn in Tanit. it says in a special reading of the Ma'amadot, they would read from, say for Breshit, it says, Then the first day, they would read Breshit, the first section of, the first part of Breshit, of the first day, and and Breshit, which is the second day. Um Vatan um and and just so if you look up in the in the Chumash, the first little parshiyah is five sukkim long. So Vatan so it was taught about that Bereshit Bishnayim Yirakia Beacha. That's says Bereshit you read with two olim, you have two aliyas, and Yirakia you have with one ole. That's a three pesukim. So Baruch says we ask about that. It makes a lot of sense that Yirakia has one aliyah because it's three sukkim. Al-Breshit Bishnayim, but how do you have two Aliot for this section of Breshit? Hhamishab Sukim Habu. That's five Sukim only. Vitanyam, you learned in the Brahda, ha korebharae Chod shap sukim. If you reap notar, you can have fewer cannot have fewer than three psukim. Only. So how do you divide five into two when the minimum of each is going to be three? It's a good math problem. So our answer is. It was stated about that. Rob Amar Doleg. Ushmulum Amar Posek. So you have two different solutions. Rav says you're doleg. Now doleg literally means skip, but what he really means is repeat. You do the first three psukim, repeat the third one, and do psukim four and five, and that way you have two aliyahs, or aliyot, of uh, of three psukim each. And Shmuel says Posek, you just stop the middle, the third psukim in the middle, and that way you have portions of three psukim for each Aliyah. Rav Amar Rav said Duleg, Lo Amar Posik. Why doesn't Rav say you interrupt the pasuk in the middle? The answer is cause safar cobsuka do paske Moshe and Lo paski He says that he holds that any pasuk that Moshe Rabino didn't stop, meaning that any pasuk that moshe didn't uh, indicate that's the end of a pasuk, we don't make it, we don't make a stop. Meaning we only stop sukim at the Pasukim that Moshe Rabinu instituted. And not or meaning that from Hashem, obviously, but meaning but we don't make up our own pasuk breaks. And that's the an important principle. So you can't do that. Ushmu'l um, Amar Mishmu'l says Paskin Nope, we are able to interrupt them. Now, how can we do that? Rabbi Chanin Chananya Kara. Rabbi Kara, the reader, the one who is very expert in Scripture, he said Se'ar Gadol Hayali Eitzal Rabbi Chanina Hagadol. The great pains by Rabbi Chanina Hagadol. V'lohi Tirli Levesok Eloli Tiniokosha Beit Rabban Hoel Ulehitulamed Asuyin. Means that he only allowed me to interrupt Sukim in one context, that was for the, ch- the school children, Tino Koshal Beit Rabban, because it is for teaching purposes. So sometimes to teach them an entire Pastuk at a time would be very difficult. So you can break it up a little bit to make it easier for them. But generally speaking, you're not allowed to. So again, so how can Shmuel say that we're going to be uh, interrupted Pastuk in the middle? Kumar answers. What's the reason over there by the children, the school children? Because it's not possible. I mean, there's no other alternative. How are you going to teach the kids if you have these very long sukim? So, but here too, in the context of the uh, the, the the section of Breshit for the Yamat Madot Lo it's also not possible. Okay, so that justifies Shmuel's opinion. Now the Gemara asks the reverse question: Is my time? So why doesn't Shmuel say that you'll just uh, repeat the pasuk? He says, So it's a like, gzeirah. It's a decree because of those who come in late and those who leave early. Just like we had um, yesterday, we talked about the that. That's the reason we have the institution that with every oleh makes a bracha before and after, because people come and in in, uh, in, come in late or leave early won't know that they are brachot at the beginning and the end of the Kriyat Torah. So here too, if you saw someone, that say, read three psukim, and they stop two psukim from the end, the people who leave early will go, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. They're going to only read two psukim of the next paragraph. Or if they come in late and they only hear them reading three psukim at the end, they're going to say, oh, the first two psukim was the first aliyah. They're going to misunderstand how it was done. And therefore he... Uh, he says we can do it that way. Okay? Now, Gemara says, today, we have a kushya, Parsha, Shel Shishab Sukim, Karimot If you have a Parsha that's six psukim long, two people read it, Vashel Sukim, If you have a section of five sukim, so one person should read it. Now, what if you have rishon, Shlosha? Well, if the first person in that five pasuk, uh, that five pasuk section, only reads three sukim. So what do you do? The second reader should step in and read two from that parsha, and then add an extra one from the next parsha. some say he actually should do three psukim for the next parsha. Because you're not supposed to start within one parsha fewer than three psukim from the beginning. Okay. Now, and if it's true meaning meaning if this is this statement is true nitlog then if if this machloka we saw between Rav and Shmuel really holds up so why does the brighter recommend going into the next section why doesn't it just say according to the one who says doleg we could just repeat that third pasuk over again and according to the one who says we can interrupt why don't we just interrupt the sukim My answer is hatam there. In the context we're talking about over there, it's in general, it's when it's, when it's possible to do that. But it's possible to do that. But in our context, in the case of Rosh Chodesh, you're going to be probably going to an off theme. Meaning, um, in the, let's say it's a Monday or a Thursday or Shabbos Mincha. So if you go uh, beyond, you're still in the same Parsha of Shavuah. So big deal. So you read a couple of extra Pesukim, you know, for parasha, from Parsha the Shavuah, the upcoming Parsha Dosh Shavuah. It's no big deal. So who cares? You go an extra puzzle, an extra three Pesukim ahead. But in the context of Rosh Chodesh, to read psukim that aren't relevant at all to the korbanot that we're talking about, so that would be uh, that would be irrelevant. Okay, now Amar Rabbi Tanhchum Amar Rabbi Shuv Malavi Halacha ke Yesh Omrim. So Rabbi Tanhchum says in the name of Rabbi Shob Malavi, the halacha is like the Yesh Omrim, meaning that we in fact do pasuk that if you were to go extra, you have to go three psukim ahead in the next parashiyah because we're not going to stop because we don't like to start or stop within three psukim of the beginning or the end. Or that's just something I just said. But he says, yeah, the next statement is, just as you don't start a parsha less than three psukim from the beginning, you are over in the parsha fewer than three psukim. That should be two separate statements. So when it comes to now, when it comes to the beginning of a parshia when the Matanakama is Mekel, because he said you can only, you only have to go one, you can just go one Pasuk in, and yet the yeshomer the, uh, the comes in and says, no, you have to go three Psukim in. So that's when it comes to the beginning, because they don't want you to start something new. So, um... If that's the case there, she you're leaving over at the end of a parshiyah de machmir tanakama, but the tanakama himself wouldn't allow us to end fewer than three psugim from the end of a section, lo de machmir yeshomrim. would don't you say all oh, the more so that the yeshomrim would be machmir? Meaning that if you look only at the particular case in which they are, uh, they um, are machmir, so you should be able to make a simple kalbachomer to apply it to the next statement. You wouldn't need him to actually make the statement explicit. Gavar what, explains, what you have thought, or what might you have thought. Right? The whole reason for this for this uh, issue is because of Yotim and Nihnasim, that we're worried that people will misunderstand that you only read two psukim before. So maybe you would say, it's common for people to come in late. That we all experience. But yotzeim, but people who leave early before create the Torah is over. That's not very common. The manchei Torah that they're going to leave the sefer Torah and walk out kamash balan. That's what comes to teach us um, that it is uh, that you have to actually um, worry about both of these things. The Gemara asks: Mayshna shiyure de'lo. So then we ask the question about the Tanakhama. If it's true for the Yesh Omrim, that you uh, need to be told specifically about the Nikhnasim and the Yotzim, that we're just as concerned for Yotzim. So when it comes to the Tanakhama, why don't we make a Gzera because of... Uh, this is, what, again, literally, he says the Tanakhama. What's so different about Shi'ur over that he says you can't do that because of the Yotzim? So that's also because at the beginning because of people who come in late. Meaning you're worried about people leaving early, and they may not been so common. Kamashman is still worried about it, but it's more common for people to walk in late. So why isn't he just as ma'achmir for that? So Amri they said he's they explained. Manda a person who comes in late can ask can ask. Meaning that a person who leaves early. Needs more of the gezera because the person who leaves early, they just leave with their own impressions. There's no one to talk to. person who walks in late, maybe they'll make certain assumptions about what happened beforehand, and maybe they're mistaken assumptions, but he can, he's in the shul, so he can ask somebody who was there, hey, did they just read only two psukim from that aliyah? And the person says, no, 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 they read three psukim, and they started again from the third pasuk, blah, 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 So meaning that's the opportunity to ask. And therefore, according to the there's no need for that gezera. Now we say Shalach Raba So Raba, the son of Raba, sent to Rav Yosef. Hilchatamai So what, in fact, is the halacha? Shalach le Says the halacha actually is Doleg that we repeat the pasuk. We don't do the posek thing, and the Emtsaii is the one who uh, who skips it. Okay, the middle aliyah should be where it's skipped. So he says, if you, uh, if you end up uh, skipping, meaning repeating, then you'll need to start three seconds from the end. I mean, we don't, I mean, we don't want to put you in a situation where you potentially can make a mistake. Um, so, uh, and if you end up going ahead into the next Parsha, you have to read the whole next Parsha which is problematic. So, uh, the basic point is just as advice as to how, to how to make, how to work it out. There are, in fact, different... So, this is, in this is fact, the Halakha, that we do Pasuk in this idea of... Ko pasuk lo pasuk, mosha, lo paskinan. We don't make these interruptions. We don't stop a Pasuk at the wrong spot. That's a very important thing. Um, and also... Um, when it comes to this dilug that we actually do on Rosh Chodesh, certainly we do it. There is a, there is a difference of opinion between, um, Minhag Chutz and Minhag Eretz trial, where exactly that break should come. If you're curious, you can look in different Siddurim. If you look in the classic, you know, Art School siddur, or in the, I think even the Koran Sidur probably has the Minhag, uh, one Minhag. I think if you look in the Renat Yisrael Sidur, it has a different, uh, a different breakup as well. Okay, Gemara continues, according to the Mishnah, Musaf so we talked about, if they have a Musaf, then you're going to have four aliyots. So the Gemara asks, lehu, Tani Tzibur Bekama." So the question is, how many aliyot would you have on the Tani Tzibur? I mean, the Tani Tzibur is a strange day, because it's not exactly a holiday, there's no Korban Musaf, but it's not exactly a regular weekday either. So he says like this, Rosh Chodesh Korban Musaf Arba'ah. So is it a Rosh Chodesh and Achol that there's four because there's a korba mosaf. Like but here in the Tani Sibor, when there's no korba mosaf, there would not be four aliyahs, there'd only be three. Or perhaps here too, there is an extra tefila, meaning there is extra davening on Tani Sibor. It's more than a normal weekday. So maybe that's what it is. So Tashma, let's come and listen. Let's see if we can solve the problem. So the Mishnah told us, now in Cholomo and in Rosh Chodesh, we read four. The implication being, Habatani Sibor Gimel. Okay, so that implies that Tani where you have three alias. But Aim Ratio, by looking the ratio of that same Mishnah, our Mishnah, B'Sheni, B'Chemishi, B'Shah, B'Mincha, or in Gimel. It says on Mondays and Thursdays in Shabbos, Mincha, we read three Elias. What implies? Habatani Tzibor, Arbana, implies a Tani Sibor, we have four. So ela meha like le mashmi no. It's actually something from here, from our Mishnah. You can't learn anything because it's not clear between the Reish and the 2 There would be two opposite conclusions about the Tanit Zibor. So Tashma, come listen. The Rav Iklo Labavel the Tanit Zibor. Okay, let's see. It's a story. Rav visited Labavel on the Tanit Zibor. Come Karab the He got up and he read from the Sefer Torah. Patach. He started. Barich. He made a bracha. Chatim v'lo barich. But he concluded he didn't make a bracha. And then what happened? Everyone got down and they didn't feel at And he didn't feel at the pine. So we're not going to discuss the second part of the of pine, uh, right now. But we'll talk about what Rav did with his aliyah. So, let's see. Rav be Israel Korah. So it makes sense to understand that Rav read in the Yisrael aliyah, the third aliyah. Because Rav was not a Kohen or a lady. So then, my time achatam velo barach. So what's the reason that he concluded and didn't make a bracha? Isn't it because someone else had to come read after him? Meaning it would make sense not to do a bracha achrona if in fact uh, you need someone to, if there's going to be another aliyah after you. Right? It's like the original um, practice was that you, the only the first aliyah makes the bracha rishona and the last aliyah makes the bracha achrona. So it sounds from here that if it's a Tani tzibah and he got the third aliyah, that, that sounds like Rob assuming there's going to be a fourth aliyah. Okay, so maybe I guess, again in terms of our story, we have the Masora that Rav did this. We don't remember whether how many Aliyahs there were that day, but from what Rav did, which is a matter of some record, um, we would be able to infer that uh, there was a fourth aliyah. So if that's the case, the Gemara says, Lo. That's not necessarily true. Rav Bakahanikura. It could be that Rav read the Kohen Aliyah. Okay? Why? Deha Ravhuna Kari Because Ravhuna. Who was the, you know, the, the the gadol hador? So he had the kohen aliyah. Meaning that we see that the kohen aliyah wasn't necessarily reserved exclusively for kohanim. But it was the most honorable um, aliyah, and therefore sometimes the gadol hador would, would get the kohen aliyah, or the first aliyah. Maybe Rav also in his place. You know, he also was the Gadol Hador, so he also got the first Aliyah, and that's why maybe he made a bracha at the beginning and not a bracha afterwards. So Kumar says, I don't know, It makes sense that Rav Huna read, read the Kohen Aliyah, because even Rav Rabasi who are the Kohanim, like the important Kohanim of Eretz Israel? They were subordinate. They bowed their heads. or They were subordinate, submissive to, to Rapuna. El Rav, When it comes to Rav, Haika Shmuel to Kahana. there was Shmuel who was a Kohen, Udavar Alei Shmuel. Uh, nami make um. One second the and he went, and Rav was uh, subservient to Shmuel. I Meaning, Rav would give a lot of kabbod to Shmuel. So the Gemara responds, "No, Shmuel mm-hmm. nami meichav habakayf lel Rav." Um, you no, know, Shmuel, the truth is, was also subordinate to Rav. So, meaning, it was possible that Rav would take the Kohen Haliyah. It's just, It's just that Rav also wanted to display some honor for Shmuel. And therefore, So, the time that he actually performed these acts of kavod, that was in front of Shmuel. But if it wasn't in front of him, he wouldn't, he wouldn't show him kavod necessarily. I mean, he wouldn't show him disrespect. It just means going out of his way. So it means that if Rab was in a shul, where Shmuel wasn't present, it makes perfect sense that Rab would still take the Kohen aliyah. Um, now the Gemara says, It actually makes sense that Rav took the Kohen aliyah in this story. Why? kara. That if you, because if you, it would occur to you to say that he actually read in the third aliyah, the Yisrael aliyah, lefanei my time of barich. Right? Then why would he make the bracha beforehand? Meaning, if the whole thing is, the whole inference is, from the fact that he didn't make a bracha achrona in the third aliyah, that implies there must have been a fourth aliyah coming. But if that's the case, then why would he make a bracha rishona, Right? So the Gemara says, well, it's Achar takana. But it was after the takana of having bracha before and after every aliyah. Okay, so that would explain why if it was the third aliyah, it would make sense to have the bracha rishona. But he has, if that's the case, la'achar e namilivrich. But then he should also be making a bracha achronish. If it's a third aliyah, fourth aliyah, first aliyah, who cares? Every aliyah gets it. So the Gemara says, shani hecha de yativ rav de meal ailei mepak lo navke. It's different where Rav sat. I mean, wherever Rav was, situation was different. Why so? Because people would come in late. I mean, if people were were, you know, maybe people came in a little bit late, and that's why Rav made a bracha Rishona. But people wouldn't leave when Rav was having an aliyah. They wouldn't leave in the middle of the aliyah because even though people maybe would have, you know, not as much respect for the Sefer Torah itself, and would leave mid, you know, mid aliyah or after um, that, they might do. But if Rav was getting the aliyah, they wouldn't leave. And therefore, there, there still wasn't a need for Rav to uh, make the bracha achrona, because again, the idea was that the only reason we have the bracha achrona is the because of people leaving. When he was there, people wouldn't leave. So there was no reason for that gzera whatsoever. The bottom line is, we can't really conclude one way or the other from the story of Rav, because it's just totally unclear. Is It It makes sense if he had the third aliyah, it makes sense if he had the first aliyah, but either way, the fact that he said no bracha afterwards even if it was a third Aaliyah, it doesn't really tell us, Um, it's just unclear, because we can explain how it works, but we're just really not, not certain one way or the other. Okay, so we'll stop here for today.